Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I am Aaron. And today we're talking about season 10, bonus episode 2 slash episode 18, uh, Find Me. Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? I was worried like 20 so minutes into this episode that I'm like, oh my god, this might be the first since, uh, first just bad episode of Angela King's run. Like, Hmm. I feel like I've been sold a bill of goods on these bonus episodes. I'm I'm not a happy customer. Um, then it got around to doing some things with Daryl and Carol and saying some things that needed to be said. It's just the framing device of this old cabin where Daryl had a love affair with some mountain woman and the just the realities of the situation of this sad little map that Daryl draw drew this, this supposed mountain man that can't fucking explore a couple hundred acres in the course of three, four, however, however many fucking years he's going up and down this Creek and he's can't find this cabin, even though it lives in his back. It's, 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 it's silly. And also violated. Like I, I didn't, we all decide that Daryl was asexual at some well, point. I think we, we said like de facto asexual, right? Because we haven't seen him go for anyone. Well, here yeah. we do. And I know there's there's like uh, you know I don't I don't know everything about the asexual community, but I understand that there's spectrums of it. Just mm-hmm. like you know that there's people that are in, in general, but for some people they'd make an exception, or if they had a especially close relationship, like I, it's I'm not saying like ah I thought Daryl's an ace and we're gonna pull his ace card. It's just I. Didn't really buy it, and I thought the woman that uh, this this Leah was kind of terrible, and her scenes were bad, and her dialogue was bad, and it's the apocalyptic fucking jukebox of of the greatest fucking victim hits that are about to. So yeah, but but the stuff with Daryl and Carol did need to happen. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's a weird way to kind of keep some suspense about the spinoff. You know, because yeah, they got a lot of they got now a lot, lot of road to pave to get to that spinoff from here. Yeah, now it's not a question of will they survive, but it's like will they both answer these big questions they have about each other? Yeah, in a plausible way to go go forward. Um, they also might be laying some romantic tracks with Daryl and Carol after all these fucking years. I I, I don't know, man. What is, so so? What did you think of the episode? Uh, I mostly liked it. I think there are a couple of scenes that, <laughs> wow, it really falls apart. It's like, uh, I don't know if it's pandemic writing or what, but it's got, 
god awful. It's just bad writing. Um, Super I'll talk bad. about talk about those when we get there. Uh, but I liked how it gave us some things that we wanted to know about Daryl. Like, what did he do during those five fucking years in the wilderness? Right. Um, those were big questions. Like seeing him actually trying to search for Rick, which you kind of get in this episode, but not a ton. Right. It's more focused around yeah. his relationship with this woman, Leah, uh, during that time. But I thought it was nice that they went back in and, and tried to fill in that gap with whatever. And I, I guess I wasn't like disappointed that Daryl had a romantic relationship. I was more excited um, for him. Like it's a monumental uh, milestone in Daryl's life, right? Uh, Post apocalyptic life. I think like a lot of people were kind of waiting for something like this and they probably liked seeing it. I know I did. Okay. Yeah. I, it's the, uh, I'm not arguing I mean, with I your, your other takes points. Is, like, you no, know, yeah, your takes the same as mine, except for you just uh, genuinely liked seeing Daryl. I, I just felt like yeah. I didn't feel like there was any chemistry um, or anything beyond what they were telling, not showing about the characters. I, it, it didn't feel like, you know, I, I think Daryl has chemistry with Carol. I thought Daryl had chemistry with Doodlebug. Uh, this just generic tough girl character in the woods like didn't feel like a real character. Like even as she was telling me her backstory, I'm like, "What the fuck, dude? Are you on a, like you're like words mean things like family and sister and son and military unit and like none like uh-huh. I this is like I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like is this a real?" Yeah, I, was this pre? I, I just, I just didn't. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that scene um, makes no sense. That that scene, you have. To, I don't know if you're like me. Um, if you're as uh, shockingly imperceptive as I am, or something, then you had to fucking stop that scene and rewind it four times and try and figure and it still out. Doesn't really make sense when her train of thought switches from one thing to the next, and it's damn near impossible to decipher th- what she's talking about at any moment in that scene because yeah. there are no big contextual clues um, that it gives yeah. you and for Daryl standing by watching her talk about this it's got to be just a, a whirlwind of confusion going on in his brain because a he's got to deal with some emotions here which is not easy for Daryl period but then b <laughs> he's got to deal with the fragments of stories he's getting it, that scene is is very poorly written. Uh, yeah, and it, it doesn't hurt or doesn't help that Norman Reedus is just sitting there like a fucking carved wood statue. Yeah, and I I yeah, know yeah. and I don't know because like I don't know what I think about him as an actor. Um, he does some good work. We get some really good Feral Daryl like uh-huh. when he's like fussing with with Carol in here. Um, and like I remember liking him in Boondock Saints, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The thing is, is like. Whether he's a good actor or bad actor, um, I'm pretty sure he was directed to act that way because that's how Daryl, like Daryl's not the person who's going to come up and like give you a big hug. Um, oh, for sure. I, but it makes for a very stilted, like I, I don't care about anything this lady's saying. Daryl doesn't seem like he cares about it. Like what, what the fuck? So mm-hmm. weird. It's weird. Huh? Left me, left me confused. Yeah. I, I find it weird the way that Carol was acting at the beginning of this episode too. Uh, I I don't know if she's like putting on like a happy face um, and trying to like gloss over all of the 
real shit that is between them or what, but like it felt tonally very strange. I, I think they did it just so they could contrast it with like five years ago or her. But 100%, but it was a, it was a hard, sharp hairpin turn because I really was when the first time she showed up um, as like kind of medium length Carol hair. I'm like, are they doing this weird thing where they're casting Carol as this cabin lady? Like to kind of convince me that Daryl's overlaid to memory. I was like, that's kind of an interesting idea to have this like lover played by Carol. Cause she just seemed like a completely different character. She yeah. was dressed like, I, I, I don't, I don't even know fucking blossom mm-hmm. from the old TV show. She shows up like this flower child hippie with like this medium length straw white hair. I didn't, I didn't know what to make of it. And when I finally figured out what was going on, I'm like, huh? But yeah, I, I, but like I said, the last 20 minutes with Carol and Daryl need to fucking happen. All that shit needed yeah. to get said. That was great. Um, I just, I feel like that this is where the pandemic sucks because like maybe this would have been better spooled off as like the B plot of stronger episodes, you know, take two or three, like, okay, Daryl and Carol are on this mission and you just a little bit, little, little bit more, or maybe I don't, I'd like, if you didn't have to have a whole episode centered on these two, you could just dispense the love affair plot, which I think if, if this is just a conversation that like Carol and Daryl have the first time they get away from people, where it's not a life and death mm-hmm. situation and they're just out camping and they're like getting some shit taken care of. That's awesome. But they had to use this tortured metaphor because otherwise they got 25 minutes of an episode. Right. And which, you know, they can't bring Jeffrey Dean Morgan here cause he's got COVID or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Uh yeah I I don't know I mostly like this episode I think there are two or three like really big uh mistakes in it or just like fumbling the ball kind of thing but yeah I don't know we'll talk about it well yeah do you want to get into the episode itself uh I do I do well too bad fucker because we got <laughs> something else to talk about we sure do <laughs> there's some real life news it's good to talk about some current stuff you know um, yeah. This was just sent to us by an anonymous source, but it's been widely reported in days since Um, said thought you guys might find this interesting. And they linked us to a deadline article that's uh, uh, apprises us of the surprise conclusion, at least of the Frank Darabont saga of Walking Dead and that AMC settled to the tune of 200 eye watering million dollars to Frank Darabont and his uh, agency. Uh, to essentially settle the hash like he gets 200 million and he goes the fuck away <laughs> right he stops testifying devastatingly in court he stops making them look bad uh, this is amazing and I gotta say it must have been really worth it saving all that money on sets and writers because you know after after you've done a decade of pumping this thing dry you can write a big fat fucking two hundred million dollar check to Frank Darabont. It it blows my mind that manifestly all the things that caused creative friction with him and AMC was them being fucking cheap assholes. <laughs> and as soon as he left, the show became just this renowned cheap asshole show. Yeah, and they still have to write almost a quarter billion dollar check to him to make it right. 
And that's not even everything he wanted, right? Like they wrote this check because otherwise he'd probably get more. I think he calculated at like 280 million. So they're getting like a big discount. Well, plus settling. They're about like, I I don't, I don't know how I feel about this, but they're about to embark on a three movie adventure. There's two more spinoffs coming. Um, I think AMC wants to cut their losses because every single thing they release just becomes another fucking exhibit in Frank Darabont's lawsuit and more thing, more pies for him to get his fingers in. So like if they wait another five years, yeah. this might be 250, 300 million dollar. Um, and they're yeah, still sure. paying lawyers the whole time, too. So like this is just insane. Like and it just it. You know, that's why it, it kind of makes it gets me retroactively riled up because I remember like from the beginning, we're like we're, I think, on the right side of this history. Like, well, this is just they're not taking their time on the Herschel farm on the green farm because it's the right thing to do story wise. They don't want to fucking pay for a new set. We're going into the yeah. second season of the governor arc, not because it's the right thing to do, but because they got Woodbury and they got the fucking prison and they still they haven't fully amortized the cost of that construction yet. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm watching HBO spend $50 million an episode uh, or $50 million a, a season on that fucking show that's going into the stratosphere. 150, 200 million people are watching that worldwide at the end of the season. Click over the channel. The Walking Dead starts over the same. So they're they're like going down, struggling to get five, six. Yeah, it just seems like the smart thing to do would have been to pay Frank and pay his people. And pay yeah. for some sets so they could tell the fucking st- story of the comic <laughs> the way it was supposed to be told. You would think so. But they, they get creative over there at AMC, you know? I mean, that's what this whole thing is about. The creative accounting. Uh, yeah, for people who don't know, I guess we should like talk about the lawsuit itself, what it was for. Um, yeah, because it's, it's not really, the, the, you know, the creative crimes the AMC committed are are, were, were, are are not not even counted here this is just yeah, yeah. their actual accounting what can, can right. you tell us about like what it was actually about yeah so the idea is like amc studios and amc networks are two different entities and one of them makes the show amc studios and one of them buys and distributes the show from amc studios that's amc networks so what you know frank darabont's lawsuit was alleging and what this settlement basically admits is uh hey we were not paying the proper royalty fees or licensing fees rather for what the amc studios created we were giving like a huge discount to amc networks which is who had the contract with darabont to actually conflict of interest right for him to actually get royalties and so they were like I think what they were doing is just like paying a ton of extra money or not enough money to one of these entities so that they could shift dollars, shift profit, essentially away from all of the profit sharing that they would have given him. And this the hilarious thing is this is not the only lawsuit that they have to deal with. They also have a lawsuit that I guess is going to trial, assuming they don't settle it before then. But November, um, the L.A. courts are supposed to hear Robert Kirkman, Gail Ann Hurd, uh, Glenn Mazzara, and then another of the producers, executive producers, they've got a lawsuit for the same thing. So, oh my God, the saga is not over yet, but this is like a big, big win for Darabont, obviously. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, do you remember uh, the bitter money struggles that, um, uh, Gilligan went through with the Breaking Bad, like the like contract holdouts, and like we didn't even know yeah. we'd get a final season of Breaking Bad, and like their Sable Rat. 
And like, I remember the press at the time, like, um, was like AMC was so happy that their new hit show, the walking dead was made by an AMC studio because they wouldn't like the, the, the press at the time was, we will never be been done over the barrel essentially by another production team again. Mm hmm. <laughs> 10 years later the monkey paw twitches and they're going to be bent over <laughs> multiple barrels by multiple people because it turns out you still can't fucking commit crime you can't fucking screw people over even when it's the left hand screwing the right hand right like you gotta still honor contracts and you gotta fulfill obligations and you gotta you know share the money the, 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 and we talked about the buckets of money this show this is just oh, yeah. this is just unchecked greed and where it always ends up um, and unfortunately, I imagine all the people that made these deals are probably long gone at AMC mm-hmm. and the the team that's left behind is the one that's got to have to pay the penalty. But I just I don't know if I was a shareholder, I would be be pissed, but uh, I'm not. So I'm, I'm curious to see if this second uh, lawsuit does go to trial, because like the other thing I'd be no worried way. about if I were AMC. With their creative accounting is legit oh. no shit tax fraud like it, are are they some, shifting some money around creatively think? and in ways that like the irs is going to be interested in or just frank darabont because you go mm. to trial and those things get laid bare right um which might be why they settled yeah. this and maybe we'll settle the other one as well i didn't think of the other liability here the the potential criminal liability, but I, I don't know. Can the the feds can the because the thing I've heard about the IRS is they don't got enough money. They they they're broke. Right. They're like taking Ubers to and from. <laughs> they're no Frank now. Darabonts, right? Yeah, they're no Frank Darabonts. They're no. They're yeah. not the ones that knock nowadays. They so I don't um and and I and I don't even know like in civil court can like the feds raid through stuff to I guess they can. It's public information. Um. But uh, yeah, maybe they're they're worried about that, too. It could be. It's just speculation. I don't know anything about their accounting, but yeah, apparently it's yeah. very creative. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, it's just like, again, it's uh, I've said this many times. There is an alternate universe where Frank Darabont remained the sure uh, hand on this helm mm-hmm. and steered it to a phenomenal Emmy, Emmy award winning 10 season run. And the walk and and Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones shit the bed the last three seasons and it's the consensus best show in the last decade. Like right. that was what they were set for with those for that like because I think season one of The Walking Dead is in the league of Game of Thrones season one. Yeah, because Game of Thrones season one wasn't Game of Thrones season three, right? Right. Um, but instead of like getting stronger and stronger and more and more budget and better and better stars and better and better writers and better and better directors, it was. You know, this this toilet bowl swirl of less experienced showrunners going to less experienced showrunners, hiring people off the fucking animated Drek line. Yeah. You know, this is well-worn history. Yeah. And and even after all that cost saving and and greed, you're still getting fucked. You're still going to end up having to pay and pay more. And without the, you know, the the huge audiences and accolades you've done, if you just told the fucking you know, story the way it's supposed to be told. Yep. So well, look what you did. Look what you did to yourself. Quit hurting yourself. AMC. Um, I, there's no, I think you're there. There's no way. There's no way after this settlement. I, I think because even the article we read said that they were r- rattling sabers. Like the lawyers have to like until the ink is dry. You can't be like, well, <laughs> 
the AMC's actually flop sweating uh, in chambers, and uh, they're desperate to settle. They're, you right. have to be like, we are confident in our claims, and we are ready to prosecute this to the fullest extent, right up into the point where you roll over and, and die, fall on your sword. So For sure. But uh, you'll hear it here first. I will be gleefully announcing whatever deal Kirk. I don't even particularly like Clark, uh, Kirkman and especially Mazera. Um, but I, I liked AMC executives even less. So sure, <laughs> this is this is popcorn worthy entertainment. Uh, now, now we can move on to the, the, the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, we start off with Daryl having some trouble starting his bike and Carol invites herself along uh, on where his journey, wherever he's going out hunting or something. I don't know. Once he gets it started, uh, Daryl drops his map. I thought they were making him look pretty dumb right off the bat. Just like Daryl, the, the master tracker dropping his map. And then as the episode progresses, you see how important this map is to him. And you're like, Oh God, mm-hmm. Daryl dropped that important map. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Yeah. I don't know. And and the weird vibe between Daryl and Carol starts right here in the beginning. Um, they sort of are then stalk through the woods, find this dead deer, and it makes them head toward 
the river. Um, and, and this is like very strange, Carol. I, I don't know how you how do you feel about that? Was she? She seems a little more bubbly than I expected a Carol in this time yeah. to be. I yeah, like I this to me feels like Melissa McBride has come back after being away from the show for eighteen months and trying to get back in the swing of the character. And also, they're probably a lot of her and Norman Reedus having legitimate affection for each other, mm-hmm. and some of that on screen. An off-screen dynamic bleeds over, and it led to her being kind of coming across as as ditzy. Yeah, um, it's, it's very I playful uh, kind yeah. of vibe, which doesn't some mesh of that, with like, what I know of their history right now. Yeah, like some of that is like this like squabbling si- uh, sibling energy um, is fine, and I, I guess like this might be them experimenting with trying to find a tone to the new show. It's like, do we want? What do we want the dynamic of these? Is this like a buddy cop where they're kind of busting each other's balls? Is this like brother and sister? They're essentially family. And, you know, or is it like, is this going to be a will they won't de- like moonlighting with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard type of deal? I fucking don't know. And this episode's kind of all over the place with that mm-hmm. because, you know, as cute as it is to see like, you know, Carol, like crowding, you know, Norman uh, Daryl's crotch on the motorcycle. You know, like scoot, scoot back now. I'm the one steer. God damn, God damn. <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, I, I that was really funny, but it doesn't match up with the shit that they they had to get up to. And I don't know. Maybe you could make the argument that Carol knows she's bad and she knows mm-hmm. this relation thing's coming because it felt some of this felt a little un- manipulative. Like when she says, like, oh, I think I feel like our, our feels like that no one loves me anymore and our, our luck has run out and the community's disrupted and stuff like, well, gee whiz, Carol, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. What's caused all this non-fellow feeling in the communities? What? What's what half the communities are missing? What's up with that? I, yeah, I, there was definitely something off and I wasn't sure how much it was deliberate and how much of it was COVID shit and, and what, but it, it felt off. Yeah, almost like she was trying to prompt a conversation to happen but turns out she wasn't it just happened organically i yeah it felt a little weird it's a lot of it like she's like got this like i got the super foot you should it felt like very little sister energy and then she's overfeeding his dog and daryl's like come on he don't need all that uh that but like it was a lot of the same thing in the first 10 minutes uh and it felt a little bit too buddy cop energy or squabbling sibling energy. Right. Uh, and then Carol gets a cramp in her foot and they decide they're going to go spear fishing and she nails her it. Super one. Foot. Yeah. Her <laughs> super foot supposed super foot. She nails it one. They eat. Carol has a hard time filleting the fish, which we'll find out. Daryl knows how to fillet a fish. Cause, uh, cause it, later in the episode or earlier in his timeline. We can fillet I, a fish because he's fucking Daryl. We it, don't have to invent a, a filleting origin story for him. He's I been filleting they fish did, since though, he was four they? years old. No, surely not. I, They're not suggesting that he maybe. didn't know how to fillet a fish. I, I would have thought he knew as well, but I thought also that they did that in this episode. But anyway, uh, Carol mm. worries that their luck has run out before a uh, dog runs off after something and Daryl and Carol chase it and it leads them to a house where Daryl sees a phantom girl and dog sitting on the porch. I, that's all I can call them right now. Cause we don't know yet what they yeah. are. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I've said like in season nine, I think that I took a lot of, you know, mid pandemic comfort from the stoicism of Daryl. Like he had a couple choice quotes about like when he's talking to Lydia about how you don't, you know, have to accept when things get shitty, you know, you don't have to put up with it. Uh, and this line here where he's like, you know, uh, Carol's going off on doomer mode and being like this world, the dead, it's all going to catch up to you eventually. And he's like, only if we let it, I ain't going to let it. <laughs> uh, I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's a cool like, yeah, the world's a miserable place. And that, and worse, it's unfeeling and doesn't care. But like, we don't have to put up with that collectively or individually. Fuck that. Um, I, I like that. Uh Okay, and you weren't Darryl's retroactively disappointed animal. where that philosophy came from. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it gets tainted. <laughs> okay. It get it gets it gets tainted. But honestly, like you know, like that, like uh, I don't believe the relationship. But the fact that Daryl took a couple positive things from another human yeah. being's relationship—that's not that's yeah, that's not bad writing. No, that's uh, the part I like. The character was the dumpster fire. <laughs> All right, uh, I was worried this is going to be the walking in the woods episode that you feared last episode was going to be. And we get a they're, lot they're of doing a lot woods. of that because, you know, outdoor wide open spaces. I get it. That's going to be a backbone of any covid protocol for sure. It is. It's it, it just jarring because it's the return of the battle days, probably for necessity instead of just mm-hmm. laziness. Like, ah, God, do we want to scout locations or do we just want to walk in, you know, but it also made it. I, I just don't like I don't feel like any of these show writers have ever like gone out and played in the woods. Because the yeah, this isn't the right part for this criticism. Let, 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 let me put a pin in this. Let's 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 keep moving on. All right. Uh, so Carol suggests they stay the night at the house and Daryl looks around, spots a grave and then starts to remember his life at this house five years ago. Can we talk about how this is visualized? Because sure. unfortunately, last night, like this new thing on Apple TV, um, Apple TV Plus just came out. Uh, it's a. Um, uh, 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 Keegan, Keegan Michael Key mm. uh, is in it. Cecily Strong is in. It's called Schmigadoon, mm-hmm. which is a send up of an old. Um, uh, God damn it! Who's the guy in Singing in the Rain? Uh, Gene uh, fucking Space Kelly. Gene Kelly. Okay, thank you for the musical assist, Jim. <laughs> so it's a send up of an old Gene Kelly uh, uh, musical, Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. where he goes out on a hunting walk and gets transported to this mystical land a hundred years ago. This looks exactly like the effect of the leprechaun that takes the Schmigadoon green, like this, this, this emerald mist seeping up and like, and I literally watched the first two episodes of Schmigadoon and then like, you know, I should, uh, I should go ahead and get the, my, my first watch of watching dead in tonight. It went right into that and it did not, did not help the comparison because it looks terrible. It's so fucking bad, man. Yeah, they, they they blanket everything with like this gold kind of filter, I would say. Everything it's like on flashback. Golden Pond being pumped full of fucking VX nerve gas is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's, Wait, was I having a stroke? Was, was there no, green no. gas? There was like, OK, I was like, you're looking at me like there's like what green gas? What is there? It's like fucking carbon monoxide leaking in his home maybe but i didn't see it in the episode <laughs> no no it's in there i mean i'm sure there's green gas i noticed the, the gold tint to everything more than i thought loki might be enchanting it you yeah. know like uh there's there's some some loki variant fuckery going on in my Doing walking dead, which i wouldn't even be mad about but yeah uh so yeah we we get 
dog as a puppy meeting Daryl and Daryl hangs. I, I, I don't know. It's tough to say if this is the same map or I, I think this is a map. A different map that he'll have to remake later, but he hangs a map I up. I think so. Yeah. In his shelter and he circles the location on the river and then he walks to the river where he meets Carol and she tells him uh, a bunch of stuff about what's going on back home. Uh, Maggie left all that. And they talk about his mission to find Rick and Carol gives him some supplies and they part ways. Um, I, so I hadn't quite turned on the episode yet. And mm. when I, you know, the, the green gas, I'm like, okay, this is weird, but it resolves to like Daryl playing at the puppy. Super cute. Daryl goes to bushcraft shelter. Oh my mm-hmm. God. This is like aimed squarely at my heart. I'm loving all this stuff. Um, but then he hangs up this map and I swear to God, this looks like a map that it like, you know, uh, Christopher Robbins would make of the hundred acre woods where he plays with poo and rabbit and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like one of those fucking things that Billy used to draw for the family circus. And it can't be more than a couple dozen square miles. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just like, it made the world seem so small. And like, I don't know that these show writers have ever gone and played in the woods. Like the idea would take a guy like Daryl, Five years of base camping this fucking river to explore for Rick's body or any sign of him. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed crazy, like the type of crazy to where, like, you couldn't even lie to yourself that, oh, I'm still out here looking for Rick. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be one thing if he's exploring the entire Atlantic seaboard, like, you know, the, hey, the currents one to once a river here. I got I still got to explore all the way to Maine. I've done some calculations. I got to go see Stephen King's old house. But like, this is just like one fucking county. That it doesn't, yeah, I don't know. It like it really started taking away cool points from Daryl. Yeah, yeah, he does stick around there for a remarkably long time, and it can't just be because of Leah, as we see later in the episode, because he doesn't really get to know her for like years, right? I mean, it keeps going yes. ten months later, eight months later, a year later, and I'm like, he's been sitting in the same place for three and a half years, and he barely knows yeah. this woman. Yeah. yeah I, the You're scale right. of time, the scale of the distance, just it didn't it didn't fucking work. Um, it's odd. And like, I felt like the last couple of seasons, they made the world feel big again, mm-hmm. you know, because like there weren't any good roads within the settlements and it took a good day's journey and all that kind of stuff. But like this episode went and kind of made it small, feel, feel small again. Like this is a, a resident, you know, like this is all taking place in a residential neighborhood or something. Yeah. Uh, there was also a weird transition in this that making me do a double take because at the end of the scene Daryl like turns away from the camera and walks off uh, walks off screen and then another Daryl comes like fades in and comes out of the wood there's this weird fade transition that makes it's it look t- like Daryl is stalking Daryl and I, yeah, I thought is yeah, this yeah. like a metaphor what is this Darylception what's happening here I can't there's a there's a couple weird things where they did stuff like that, where they were trying to set up the time jumps going back and forth and like which memory and where and, you know, because it's essentially a nested time jump. You mm-hmm. know, you've got the current time and then you got like right after Rick disappeared and then you kind of like reverse jump back and see. But it also fades back and forth between the the framing device of Carol and him out in the hunting trip, you know, telling the story about his his past at this cabin in the present. And I found yeah. it hard. But, you know, it's you'd think with all the fucking gold sepia tone and green gas, they'd make it really fucking easy to know when Daryl's flat. But like, even with all those visual extravagant tools, they don't really utilize it. 
And yeah. like, God damn, I've been, you know, I've been critically watching television for a decade now. And it's like, just pick a filter. One is old, one is new. And then people don't get confused. And I, I don't know. Plus, it's it like, it doesn't help like, that I think they're filming this during the fall of 2020. And so like, yeah, the, the golden hue that they put on everything in the past is also just kind of there on the leaves in the present. So, mm. yeah, it makes it a little it hard to distinguish sometimes. Yeah, they also like um, they didn't do anything to Norman Reedus as far as aging him or de-aging him. No. So like there was not, none not of those. And I guess hair, nothing. Nothing. He is just like, like uh, the squalor of his angel vest is the only thing that you can tell a little bit of passage of time. Oh. Yeah, um, because like when the they first flashback, he's got both of the yeah, he's got both of the wings on. They're still in good, you know, fairly intact and good shape. And, you know, by the time present day, he's lost one of them, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Um, and didn't it was a Judith who gave him another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not it's not as, you know, old school wings as they, they used to be. Yeah. Uh, so then Daryl spots a boat in the woods with some plausible Rick legs under it. And he investigates. It's uh, turns out to be a desiccated zombie. That's probably not Rick. And he's that could it. be Rick. That's that what I was could thinking. be Rick. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's like not, not Rick decayed that it would be impossible to tell. Right. 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 Those are his yeah. pants. Those uh-huh. are boots like. Just give up. Well, yeah. I mean, what if he squashed Rick's head as a zombie? He didn't realize it. Now he's looking forever roaming the land looking for a guy that he squashed. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. It's like, I think the episode kind of says he's not looking for Rick. He's yeah. just not ready to face reality. So, like, yeah. He's running, I mean, we, right? We know I mean, yeah, Rick it, is alive somewhere, but yeah. Th- th- there is the parallel between Daryl and Carol in later parts of this episode. Um, and it begins here, right? That he is not necessarily looking for Rick. He is just running from whatever his emotional fears are here. Um, he doesn't or, know when to quit. Yeah, doesn't know when to quit the hardships. And then, you know, one of the things I like about his relationship with Leah is she teaches him that he has to be there for someone, right? He's got to choose a life. He can't just be out there roaming the countryside. Um, Or if he is, like, make that his life. Don't try and live this in between where he's meeting up with Carol and lying to himself about rick no just if you if you want to be alone in the woods for the rest of your life just say that and do that yeah um so i i like that stuff with with leah and daryl but we'll get there yeah (laughs) we will uh daryl weathers a storm but his map does not and i can't believe how much water comes down right on this map it's kind of hilarious here's the thing uh, so I've gotten in like one of my pandemic hobbies is this bushcrafting stuff. I started watching a bunch of YouTubers where they just go out in the woods and they just build shit with their bare hands. And I feel like that Daryl arch fush, fucking bushcrafter, but Daryl can't even keep rain off of his head in his own goddamn shelter that he's had years to improve. Yeah. Like, and, and the other thing is like, um, you know, when you're like building something in like Fortnite or any kind of construction, like Minecraft, a lot of times when you, when you build something, it just looks like a sloppy piece of like a bunch of different sizes of like plywood and like stuff is like, you know, cause it's like a cartoons idea of what construction looks like. Daryl's bushcraft shelter is made like that. There's like, 
big pieces of corrugated aluminum, but they're not in like any kind of like straight line. Like someone used them intentionally. It looks like so like Daryl just like hung it up at a 45 degree angle. Nail, nail, nail. Put another one up at a 30 degree angle. Nail, nail, nail. Hail. It looks like a big metal bandaid. That's how you build a shelter. Like, and he's just sitting here in having his Lieutenant Dan strapped to the fishing, to to the shrimp boat moment (laughs) as his maps disintegrating (laughs) because Uh He just can't make shelter like like he's a bushcraft guy that can't make shelter. How the hell does he live? This is the East Coast. This is not a this is not a tropical place where you can just fuck around with exposure, man. His ass could die. Yeah. Hypothermia. It's real. Yeah. They talk about it later in this episode. They bring it up. Uh, I, I get the feeling that like. Whoever's writing this show has. A thing for people who should know what they're doing that are barely getting by on the skills they have. Cause look at the blacksmith, like this lean to thing that he's got going reminds me of like the first blacksmith's shelter, right? Yeah. Like he's uh-huh. up a shop. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. He needs examples of a shelter to build a fucking shelter. <laughs> so, he's a boy scout manual. It's a, the pound, the decent a frame together. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I guess that extends to our arch badass Daryl, which kind of sucks. Because yeah, I, I think more does. of him than the writers do, apparently. And like the thing is, is you can he could have made like a really cool, rustic, like lean to kind of looking thing. And it's kind of that. But if it was as well made, I but then it just yeah, like it, and maybe they're saying that like, well, he spends all his time looking for Rick uh, and he doesn't have time to do this. That why and the is other, he going to set like, up a base know, camp five years, for five right. years? Yeah. Um. I just didn't I didn't I didn't get it. It didn't make him look cool. And I think they wanted him to look cool. You know what else doesn't make him look cool? Getting knocked to the ground by thunder. Like physically <laughs> knocked to the floor, floored by thunder. Startled, startled him. I mean, I, I assume like, it can happen. Daryl's right? like a fainting goat. He hears a, lar- a, a loud noise and just that's it. I, I mean, I've heard some cracks of thunder that g- g- gave oh, me yeah, a bit make of a shake. Jump. And I bet if that sure. happened like right above me, it'd be devastating mm. with no shelter. But like, yeah, badass Daryl just floored by thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, one year later, Daryl's made another map. He's still looking for Rick in the same old rundown shack. He comes across the house and dog and then he runs into the house and he's attacked by a woman who forces him to stay. What the hell happened in this scene? Like Daryl, this dog came to meet Daryl. Did did Daryl know about the cabin? Because that's the other thing. This thing is a short walk from his base camp, but he's never been to this cabin before. Right. Well, he's been. So the lady gets the river. Is that why? Well, I'm just like, how did the zombie? Like, I'm just trying to. Oh, the zombie is a huge problem. There's this cabin five minutes from from Daryl's camp that he's never seen before. And some and this woman's a badass loner who uses has military service and she's been living in zombie apocalypse for years by herself. She somehow invited a, a gentleman caller that's a zombie inside her parlor. Uh, he fooled her, revealed he's a zombie once he sat down for tea and she locked herself in the bathroom and right. was loading her shotgun, ready to come out and deal with the zombie. Meanwhile, the dog's like, I've never seen my mom not be able to handle zombie before. This is some weird shit. He runs out the open door, goes, grabs Daryl, who comes back along the path. She's again just like she's just 
loading so many shotguns into this double barrel shotgun. Like it's a the double barrel shotgun. It must hold like a hundred shotgun shells, right? Sure. Not two, a hundred. Daryl comes back. There's the zombie. He puts it out just in time for her to come out with her fully hundred shell loaded shotgun to be like, what the fuck are you doing here, dude? <laughs> it's Herschel. Did shotgun. I, did I recap what happened? Right. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Like it shocked me that a woman who gets right. The, the, the show continues to forget that we are years into an all out zombie apocalypse has devastated the population and anyone surviving has to be constantly on high alert, especially if they live alone, especially they if they live alone. Very competent surviving or has a compelling story for why they're not like sure. you were one of Negan's wives and you fled the uh-huh. destruction of savior town and you've never had to fight. All you know how to do is look pretty and wear pumps. Someone protect you. This is not her backstory. No. How did a lone zombie get in there? Right. Let alone corner her into the bathroom or wherever she was at. Yeah. And if it did, how did she? How has this not happened before? And it's gone horribly wrong for her. And she died. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. There's like multiple problems with the setup of this. The but the thing is, is like this was annoys me. Is this like felt so writerly because the the writers are like, we need Daryl to confront. Uh, Carol about how single minded she has been and how she doesn't accept compromise. She doesn't work as a, a team. She just gets in her. I know I'll create we'll create a situation where Daryl loses his fucking mind for like five years. Why Carol's relatively sane and trying to bring him back into civilization so they can. But but like I that's dumb, man. Like, do, do they does did Daryl need to have to go through the exact same thing as Carol for Daryl to be able to call her on it? Like. I don't know. I it's yeah. It's, it's just it does feel really rightly. didn't hold together for me. Um, I I don't know. I I thought it helped. I think there are a couple of things they're doing in this episode that helps. Like in this next scene, um, where we're back in the present and Dog digs up the floorboards and finds this box. Uh, Carol finds the box, which has some stuff in it that makes her realize that he hasn't told her the full story about something that we as an audience don't know about yet, which. I think it's interesting because that like strengthens the bond between these characters. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. us as sort of the omniscient uh, outside viewer should know about this before Carol does. But the fact that she knows it before we do like says, Hey, they have a, a real relationship off screen that I I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, they immediately like jump in and clue the audience in, which is fine. Uh, But to me, it was like, Oh yeah, there's something that, a conversation they've had at some point that we weren't privy to, but was meaningful. Right. But she now knows that there's something you've been holding out on me and you got to tell me whatever right. you want to tell me, which gives us as an audience, the opportunity to get in on that story, which I liked. Yeah. Uh, and the woman drags, we're, we're back in the past here. A woman drags the Walker body outside as Daryl sits with his hands bound to a chair she points a shotgun at him and says, uh, asks him who he is. He tells her his name and he's just trying to help. She says, what kind of help you think I need? And Daryl says, how about keeping walkers out of the room you sleep in? Huh? How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. It's basically got four walls and one zombie in it. I don't know. seems like way right. too many zombies to wall ratios trying to help you out with that. Like, yep. it's like, it's like uh, you, you come across someone that's like shit their pants and you take pity on them like oh my god this like this could happen to any one of us you sneeze too hard after eating a burrito from taco bell and 
could be there but, but for the grace of god go high <laughs> and you try to start you get some baby wipes i got i'm a dad i got baby wipes so start, and they smack you how what are you th- what are you doing acting like i don't know what's going like no, dude you, you're going down the pants with shit and breeches you can't <laughs> you can't tell me that you don't need help you're in a zombie apocalypse you got a zombie living with you you need some help lady <laughs> right <laughs> this isn't a fucking odd couple yeah so she takes offense to that and she cuts him free says get the hell out of my house and he asked her name but she won't tell him uh also here's another thing did you notice the way daryl puts his backpack on no daryl took his backpack and put it on like i imagine a child would put on a vest he like flips it over his shoulders and like like the pack weighs um, uh, like the only thing he's got in there is a pack of Kleenex, not a box. Those little packs they sell at gas stations that have like three packs. That's the only thing. This has zero weight. This motherfucker is carrying his whole life's possessions on his back and it has zero. Like this is a prop backpack. It drives me crazy. <laughs> When like uh, yeah. like actors gesture with like a coffee cup that's supposed to be f- full mm-hmm. of coffee and it is is like you, you, can you throw like I don't know ten pounds of weight in his backpack so Norman Reedus acts like a normal person putting on a backpack All right yeah I oh didn't notice God. it but totally uh, yeah also I encourage I... anyone to values backpack accuracy to check out the scene for textbook textbook bad backpack <laughs> I mean I have more nitpicks if we really want to nitpick uh this yes. Group. This rope, she ties him up with this rope. She comes in and she cuts a perfectly good rope, which is probably pretty valuable in the apocalypse. I don't know. It seems useful. She just slices it in half instead of untying his hands. It seems like it takes a hell of a lot of time to make cordage. Right. Time time you don't want to spend the time you could spend with your zombie buddy, you know, especially that thick. I mean, I saw the shit that Tom Hanks was roping up and it was thin. That shit will break. This is nice thick rope. Yeah, yeah, good Waste stuff. <laughs> All right, anyway, six months later, uh, Dog finds Daryl again, and Daryl escorts him back to the woman's house. They talk for a minute, she still doesn't tell him her name, and then he leaves. <laughs> it's very, like, uneventful. They're really, like, spooling out Daryl becoming comfortable with a person. Yeah. And, and vice versa. It's, and it's like this... Um kind of ridiculous will they won't they you know and it's told by the proxy of her revealing his na- her name you know because like daryl's yeah. like really interested he's like you know she's playing reverse psychology um but then you know when when daryl loses interest in the game he's like you know what fuck you i don't care your name walks away storms off she whispers over her back Leah, and like boom he's got yeah. her back on the right back on the hook well that doesn't happen for another eight months man uh, that's the sorry next I scene. skipped ahead to the next the next the next video game font right. that enabled me that told me what my next mission was eight months yeah no this scene is the one where um it, the the thing that he says to Carol earlier in the episode about it'll you know it'll catch up to us all one day only if you let it uh that's what this woman tells him uh, so he took that mm-hmm. from her which I don't know. I, I I suppose that's cool. I like that. It, it informs his past and his future, and that was fine. That was not something I had a problem with in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then eight months later is a scene you're talking about where he finally learns her name. He's searching, gathering wood. A bunch of stealth walkers suddenly appear, which I thought we were done with that shit. But yeah, it, maybe this is stealth walkers decloaks off his starboard bow. 
Uh, what? Tons of them. I on 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 Daryl snuck up on Daryl. <laughs> the a only thing. herd of walkers. A school bus full of walkers snuck uh-huh. up on Daryl. Okay. All right. All right. I see. I, see I can happening. only imagine this is a continuity thing because this is all happening back in season eight, right? That's true. This is happening during the shitty seasons. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. wouldn't that this is all gimple shit. This is this right. is being this is really attention to detail and accuracy. Oh yeah. Think about I'm, it. I'm giving it to him. It's, it's just keeping in <laughs> continuity here. Uh but yeah, the the woman beckons him to hide behind a tree with her. They get very, very close. Very yeah, they're they like, have you, have you seen snow stink. falling on the cedars? No. This is a scene like, you know, they're like, they have to hide in a tree and they're just, because of this, they're, they're pushed tit to tit because of uh, uh, of the, the close quarters here. So well, this is the Carl and physical intimacy. Uh, Enid scene, right? I mean, did they right. do the exact same thing? You're fucking right. They did have a snow falling on cedars moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get another one of those. Movie. And then Daryl says, stay away from my camp. And she says, fine, my name's Leah. Bye. Yeah, uh-huh. This is the, the way the people that want the, each other to stay away from their camps uh, behave. Oh, yeah. This is like uh, Indiana Jones like uh, having a slap fight with the Nazi before he finally uh, French kisses her and fucks her in Venice, right? You know? Sure. Like, I hate pushy men and I hate fast women as like they're stripping and getting like already starting to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, except this time it involves except a for, dead fish. Except for there was actually a lot of chemistry between Harrison Ford and uh, that actor. Uh, there's mm-hmm. all, I, do, you, do you buy the chemistry here between It's Leah tough, because uh, like you said, Daryl's just told to, you know, be a wild dog and, and a, a stone statue of a wild dog. I, I don't know. And, it's tough and to she's say. She's like throwing B-list soap, ap- uh, so, soap opera kind of acting heat. Yeah. You know, like she just found out that her lover is actually his evil brother from Panama who's been posing as a plastic surgeon and uh, she's swinging <laughs> for the daytime Emmys. Not going to get it, but Maybe. she's she's wanting a nom. She's wanting a nom this year. I thought she was good when she was being threatening. I did not think she was good when she started to open up. Uh, ah, but, but the material is so fucking bad. I, I don't know if it's I blame her really bad because th- yeah. this speech that's coming up. My God, we'll talk about it. Yes, he's a tread. The thing is, is like when I first saw her, I'm like, okay, I, you know, all right, kind of like a badass mountain woman for Daryl's uh-huh. attractive, kind of like right in that, that dare. But then it's just like every time she opened up her mouth, I'm like, oh my God, it's a horror show. I think it should have been like Mags Bennett. I wanted to see Mags Bennett in this, uh, in, yeah. in a five year montage love, or love <laughs> like love affair with Daryl. Make him, a gla- make him a nice glass of apple pie. Uh, three months later, Daryl throws a dead fish at Leah's house and then camps nearby. And she finds him and she throws the same fish at his head. And this is a big fucking fish. It's like it hits with a wet eight slap. pound yeah, fish. Oh yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It probably did some damage to him. Uh, hits some him right heft. in the head. They both agree <laughs> we're going to leave each other alone. You know, they had to come together to, to make sure that happened. Uh, but then they have That's a conversation. I'd be left alone. I will. Uh, she notices he's cold and invites him to her cabin. What is this term? Look, I get everybody in the apocalypse has a term for zombies that is different, right? Walkers, biters, uh, you know, dumb fucks, whatever. We have an agreed upon term for when your fingers 
get too cold to function. It's called frostbite. What is this frost nip shit she's going on about? I don't know. I've heard Frank Sinatra tell that uh, Jack Frost can nip at your nose. So maybe sure. this is a corruption of frost bit and, and fro- Jack Frost nipping and she's frost nipping. I don't know if this is like pop versus soda versus cola. Uh, it's that kind of regional difference. I've never, I've never in my life heard frost nip. And also, like, I think it's hilarious. Dare's like, I've gained frost bit. It got better. And she's <laughs> like, well, what happens if it's like, I did you? If you get frostbite and it's not medically treated, you lose a toe. Is, is Daryl saying that he's got no toes? He's he missing might. a pinky? Yeah. I wonder if he's got, like, just a few uh, missing toes. That could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was weird. Applied uh, applied to the rural poor. Sometimes you miss a toe. This happens. It's true. Uh, I'm so yeah. He he goes to her cabin and he wakes in the night to find Leah hunched over a broken picture of her and a boy. Uh, she tells Daryl the Cliff Notes story of her squad, how they got together, and the longer, much more graphic story of her nephew who. It, correct me if I'm wrong, because I had big asterisks on all of these terms you're throwing around. Squad, <laughs> right. nephew. Yeah, uh-huh. because I have no idea. And I just couldn't follow her her thought pattern here. Like, she is jumping from story to story. But what I think happened, her nephew became her son after his mom died during childbirth. Then, But that wasn't her sister. That was just a member of her squad. And that's basically like family, right? Is in the same way that Rick's a brother. I, okay, now I see what they're doing. Here. Yeah, yeah, and then this is this is very fast and, and furious family rules, but but yeah. they track. And then that kid died of a zombie bite. I, it, it, I don't know. I needed a fucking mind map to get through this scene. I, I started writing 100%. down like, what are the feelings I get when I hear these? Because maybe that'll inform what she's talking about. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell the timing on this because. At some point, she jumps from a story about her sister dying when Matthew was born, right? She, yes, she says, like, this is another problem. She says, my sister died during childbirth. He became my nephew. And then the story just kind of continues from there, but not. She goes from she that goes, this moment. This doesn't even matter. <laughs> she runs out of the room and then cries at a window and Daryl <laughs> follows her. And then the story continues. Yeah. What? What I think you're supposed to notice, what Daryl couldn't possibly notice. So I imagine Daryl standing in the corner, confused as can be. There right. is a grave marker outside. Yep. That you're supposed to realize is her son. And then the conversation Three without the house foundation, without anybody like saying anything about it, like switches to the mode of her talking about the day that her squad was attacked. Which I thought she was still talking about the birth of her nephew. Uh huh. And and so like when she said when she said that the dog was also pregnant the with mm-hmm. with dog, I yep. was like, okay, so the kid is born, his mother dies, he becomes the son of his mother's sister while dog is pregnant with dog, and on the same day, he's eaten by walkers and. Dog gives birth to dog, so this is all happening on the same day. But how is that possible? So because dog, she has a picture of him as like a twelve-year-old, but he died I, on the dude, day that his mother had him. At least six, at least six. The math does not work on this. The math does not work on this at all. And but but you're supposed to understand that like dog is her son. 
through the transitive property of her crazy brain that like anyone that she's spent five minutes with is related to her. I think Dan, I think Daryl's her brother now. Pre pre incarnated so into a dog. Yeah, I think that's literally the and, and, and that's why there's so much mean like I you don't need I you don't need to give me an emotional backstory for why a man loves his dog walking dead. No, like they just they just fucking do man's best friend. Have you ever heard the phrase? But I like this dog is special. This dog is literally the son of her of his dead lover that he had mysteriously this whole time. Yeah, it was so like over the top with the trying to be gut wrenching and I wasn't buying any of it because I couldn't fucking follow any of it. But it was so over the top that I expected her to turn around and say, I'm pregnant with dog's baby and it's yours now. It's your son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor who delivered the father nephew and also the dog was also pregnant with me. (laughs) Like none of it made any sense. None of it. No, and it's she's terrible, and like you said, it's bad material, but I think it's like one of those Ouroboruses of just awfulness where a bad script is being handed to a bad actor who is just destroying the whatever uh, values. You get Anthony Hopkins, maybe he can do something with this, but she's not Anthony Hopkins. Right. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. I did think that, like, I will say that one grace note is when they handed the trauma ball to Norman Reedus, when he's talking about, she's like, well, who did you lose? And he's like, my brother. And I'm like, oh, he's talking about Merle. Right. But then as he tells the story, I'm like, wait, Merle didn't die of an accident. And he's no. like, oh, he's talking about Rick. Yeah, that and was I good. I thought that was because it's not the first time they've talked about themselves as brothers. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought that was really sweet. It's a nice callback. Um, and all Norman Reese has to do is kind of look thoughtfully into the middle distance to have me like really sold that he's like torn up about Rick. Um, so like. All this, her talking a mess is is horse shit, but like I really appreciated the stuff about Daryl and Rick here. Yeah, me too. Uh, then we move on to Leah teaching Daryl to spearfish. I like this is why I think he can't fillet a fish until this scene because she's teaching him how to fish. I guess no. I, I thought they were making a, a comparison. See, here's where I thought like, are they laying romantic tracks for Carol? Because this is exactly what happened with Carol, where Carol, mm-hmm. like, you know, is lucky on the first time. And then they make a direct reference to her, this girl who uh, Daryl falls in love with being handy with the fish gigger. All right. Um, I think he's just expressing surprise that someone who has never gigged a fish before, like, because there's things you got. There's refraction. You got to aim like a little lower mm-hmm. than you think you're aiming because the, you know, blah, you know, you, you've seen the straw going into the glass and it's off centered and. Sure. So I think he's yeah. just expressing surprise at her being good at this thing. Um, and you're supposed to draw a connection to Carol. And I guess the effect, but I, I don't know. They've, they spent so long uh, with, with Daryl keeping Carol at an arm's length and she's expressed obvious interest in him in seasons past. <laughs> um, it feels weird that now they, w- during the spinoff that they would turn this into some kind of moonlighting thing. Am I crazy? Or when her family dies here? for the fifth time, I guess she's ready to make a go of whatever's left. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or or maybe maybe they're like, you know, we got to scrap as big an audience from The Walking Dead. So let's 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 uh, pretend to the shippers that we might actually do something. But let's pretend to the people who think that they just have a brother sister relationship. There's lots of brother sister banter. That energy can never go sexual. Like it's go. like they're they're doing Schrodinger's ship here to try to keep everybody invested. Yeah. 
Could be. I don't know, because I'm kind of at a loss as to how exactly they get back to something that looks like a spinoff for these two characters in one season. But yeah, that's the, that's the drama. That's it's a long drama. season, not, not, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. All right, let's uh, take a break before we get on to the next scene. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday, join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood and the on-screen action for Season 1, and what they mean for the characters, story, and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Madman and father of Mad Max, George Miller, is back with another apocalyptic tale from the Australian wastelands. This time we're getting a prequel featuring the origin story of Charlize Theron's character Furiosa, starring the Queen's Gambit's Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role and the mighty Thor Chris Hemsworth as the warlord Dr. Dementis. Furiosa promises more high-octane, slightly radioactive action and fun. Furiosa drives into theaters on May 24th, and we'll have our spoiler-free thoughts and impressions of the film, as well as a discussion of trailers and upcoming movies for everyone. But if you want to ride with us the full length of the podcast on the eternal highways of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, you're going to have to be a club member. Join today at support.baldmove.com. Get our full discussion of Furiosa and many more first-run films, plus tons of other bonus podcasts and ad-free feeds. Support.baldmove.com. Ten months later, Daryl's leaving for a few days, and Leah is very upset by it. She wants him to essentially choose where he belongs, and he makes that choice, but it's not one she likes because he's out in the woods with his map when Carol swings by his shelter, and Daryl tells her he's moving. Carol says, uh, it might be a while before she, she comes back because she wants him to find some peace with Rick being gone. But Daryl's too stubborn for that. I've been beating these hundred acres for a long time now. Carol got to move on another fifty. Uh, yeah. Um, this is the shortest honeymoon of all time. They go from sucking and fucking, and, and ten months later, everything's busted. Mm-hmm. It seems like the obvious solution is just go back to Alexandria with him, dummy. Uh, yes. Um, that would make a but- ton of sense. But they don't because that's what Carol probably wants to do. Let's just fuck off on a boat, you and me. And they need to have some kind of tension, which I guess is smart, because, again, the tension isn't whether Carol and Daryl are going to live now. It's going to be how does the relationship survive when it seems like it's on such shaky ground? Um, Like all this is just a very labored metaphor for what's going on with Carol and Daryl right now. And like kind of wish they just had Carol and Daryl work this shit out rather than through the, the lens of this flashback. But. I can only say that so many times in a single podcast review. It's the law. You can only make the same criticism three times and they cut you off. iTunes just, it just mutes. I, I, Walking Dead does so many broken, damaged people. It is, it's rare. I can't even think of an instance where we found a healthy 
human being and all this. I don't think there's any left. It's like this this world. How can there not be shitty. any? It's How just, can there be any when you're running from zombies literally all the time? There's no government. There's no medicine. There's no f- education system. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Rick is like, I guess the closest thing we got after he went insane and came back. Yeah, the from man that. who thinks he's getting phone calls on an unplugged phone. He's the he's the paragon of mental. The man who bit another man's throat out <laughs> with his bare teeth. Paragon. That was good reason. Of for mental that. health. Good reason. That's true. Uh, I'm not saying it wasn't justified. I'm just saying that like everyone's been through a throat ripper three at this point in the zombie apocalypse and they're all crazy. Yeah, but he came back around. Uh, it's true. His yeah, mercy it prevailed just, over his crazy You know, they're, they're going to continue to do this until the end of the show or the end of the property, right? The Walking Dead as, as a thing. Uh, it's kind of the hallmark of the show. So I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like, is this woman going to want to go back to Alexandria? Because that's the only reason I could think is like she's so broken that she doesn't want to go to Alexandria. No, Daryl's looking for Rick. He's not going to Alexandria. Yeah, like if you, if you, you know, a year before the beginning of this episode, Carol was Carol Cabin on the outskirts of the kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. again, this is just a one to one illusion they're drawing from Carol and Leah. Um, yeah. And and but 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 why? Because they're showing that like Daryl couldn't have a relationship with someone until he had healed from whatever trauma. And I think that's the long term arc they're setting for Carol is that Carol has to get to someplace good. Mm-hmm. Where she's no longer like so damaged that she does crazy things, or maybe one last time it causes them to be ostracized from Alexandria. They're, you know, they're like kicked out of the Garden of Eden, like Adam and Eve or something. I, I don't know. God, but why would Daryl go with her? Like, it, it just doesn't seem like they're in a place where Daryl's going to go along with some other insane plot that is obviously going to hurt people. I don't know. Carol's really important to him. Yeah, but he's and, telling you know, her like, how it is now. I just. Well, but he told Leah how it was, walked off and regretted it, said, come find me. So, like, maybe he's learned his lesson that he's got a kid. And, yeah. and I'm not I'm not saying it's like romantic, but he's got a connection to this person. He doesn't want to lightly throw it away. Yeah. Which kind of makes and sense. Good for like, him. I mean, you, I like you, that. Yeah. And he take this information in the last season, like all the times he reassured Carol, I'm not, you know, I'm still your friend. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still your friend. I'm not going anywhere. Like, but now he's changing his tune as we're going to get to in the next few scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daryl finds Leah's cabin, Leahless, but Dog is still there. And he draws Leah a map of where he's headed and a note to come find him, then takes off into the woods with Dog following. She's dead, right? I assume. Or, or taken. The point is, he doesn't know, right? Like, that's. That's the whole thing here. It's right. a, it's a that's, Rick that's what I'm saying. parallel. They're, they're setting up another fucking Rick situation. But yeah. like if, if the dog like this dog is her son, like they explain this painfully to us. There's no way she leaves it willingly. I wouldn't think so. Also, she's yeah. waking up with zombies in her bed. So, yeah, she's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. She's got indoor outdoor running zombies in her house. <laughs> uh, then we come back to probably the best scene of the whole episode. It's present day. Daryl finishes telling Carol about Leah. He doesn't know where she is and thinks it was all his fault that yet another person has uh, been lost to him. Carol says, you can't blame yourself for that. Um, like, you know, the, those other people we lost, like Connie, cause that was totally your thing, right? Daryl's like, nah, mm-hmm. nah, that's yours. Uh-huh. And 
she yeah. apologizes for that. Yeah, that's the exact <laughs> wrong thing to say. Don't bring that yeah, fucking name up in this context. But she had, I feel like she was trying to intentionally provoke this fight that she has been feeling the entire episode, right? Like she's trying to kind of like, like, like she's like the equivalent of pulling his pigtails the entire episode. And then mm. she finally like hits real close to the mark and he can't fucking take it. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't apologize specifically for her actions. She thinks that was all fine. And Daryl accuses her of being on this hunting trip because she's running from her guilt. And he says it was a mistake to keep her from running away on the boat and tells her to run if she wants to. I thought that was powerful when she's like, you know, when he's starting to preach at her, arguably. She's like, look, man, I don't need a savior or a martyr. I just looking for a friend out here. And he's like, friends don't have the same damn conversation again and again. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she threw back, like, we should just let me get in the boat. Him saying, yeah, you're right. I should have. It's it's an interesting statement. Because, like, I wonder what would have happened if had Carol not been there. And if Alexander Hilltop fought the saviors or I'm sorry, the whispers on their own terms, I'm not sure it could have gone worse because yeah, half of the settlements got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Hell of a lot of people died. Uh, and ultimately I don't know, but, but, the, but, but it's like dropping the bomb, you know, dropping the atomic bomb. Like we still debate about the morality of that, but back in the day, it's like, you know, that they did what they did what then what are you going to do about it like right and it's it's a lot easier to look in hindsight and say oh but this you know was a terrible thing to do because it led to that well who knows uh i mean that's the, that's all the, pre, the people they're always like urging caution and like thinking about things like the people that take action and it works out like well we took action and it worked out how can you and the people like, well, but yeah, if we'd spent a couple more days or weeks to try to do diplomacy, then maybe we wouldn't have had to. Now, you can't be diplomatic with the whisperers, but <laughs> no, I felt no. like there was a lot of signs that that thing was about to fall apart on the inside. You yeah, know? it's just they how turned. much did they know about that, right? It's like, imagine what we would do if Negan was turned and he's not even like on the level of like that. She'd have to turn some like Gabriel for the gamma situation to be analogous, right? Um, and so they, they turned the, the second Lieutenant, uh, into a double agent fairly easily. Oh, and gotcha. Yeah. Alpha was killing people left, right and center for minor disagreements and being afraid and doing all this stuff. So like, I kind of feel like, yeah, if they had just kind of like maintained the, the blockade or the cold war that the whis that the whispers would just fall apart. But you know, yeah. Carol ended it decisively. So how are you going to say she didn't? Right. Uh, I don't know. There's definitely like a. I, I don't think Daryl's like trying to stick it to her here necessarily, but there is an element of that, right? Like, I should have let you go is saying something about like, I'm stronger than you kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't think he's like intending it to be super hurtful, Um, though it definitely is. It's more like the right thing to do in this situation is to be with your friends. And that's what I'm doing. Um, and to not, you know, not run away from these things. And, and this is something he learned over the course of the last five years, uh, hanging out with Leah, right? He regrets the decision he made to leave Leah. Um, cause you Does know, he? now she's another lost person. I, I mm. think so. 
Because he says the thing that that makes me think otherwise when he says, I know where I'm supposed to be. And I mm -hmm. think he means Alexandria now. Um, So, which is an interesting question because we know that the spinoff, I assume, is going to be them leaving Alexandria. Like, they're not going to hang around Alexandria. That would be kind of a nightmare situation. Um, Yeah, maybe regret is the wrong word. It's it's more like he's learned something from it. Um, that you have to pick a place and you got to commit. You can't just like run away whenever you're feeling in your feelings and yeah, get on a boat and leave your fucking family. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But I think that sits up the, the, like, it's not like whether Carol and Daryl are going to survive. It's whether they're going to survive with the relationship. And, and now Mm -hmm. that Daryl says like, well, I know where I belong. He clearly means Alexandria. It clearly means that he has to be the uncle to little ass kicker. And her brother, which means and he has to be a community leader. So, like, what is going to change in his character and his relationship with Carol in the yeah. next 24 episodes that's going to make all this believable? Because, like, you the know, place they have where he to belongs is wiped off the map. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, this last 15 minutes almost redeems the whole episode because this is truly interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like. And I hope they I hope they do it well. I know I'm saying I hope they do it well from an episode where they did it poorly. But COVID, blah, 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 all this other stuff. I, yeah. Uh, if I squint and I look at the shape of this episode, I see a really good episode that did some really interesting character work with Daryl and, and Carol. But, you know, if I put on my properly corrective lenses, uh, boy, whew, lots of lots of wrinkles and warts and unsightly rolls going on here. Do you think this is the last time that they have this conversation? That Carol says, yeah, I did something that led to death, but also I got it done my way. And I hope not, it because it's getting on the verge of moralizing. Yeah, I just um, don't know if Daryl. This is the first time someone pushed back. Yeah, this is the first time to push back. So, like, I think the conversation, it'll, I think the conversation will happen again, but it better fucking evolve. It better feel yeah. like a natural evolution of like a dance step of two people trying to reconcile. And I think I think the show's talented enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it can't just be. Uh, it, know, it needs Carol to be the resolution back bet- to that conversation, yes, right? A synthesis, yeah, of what's always torn Carol between mm-hmm. I love people and I protect people, and I love and want to protect them so much it makes me do crazy shit. To oh my god, I've done some crazy shit. I feel guilty. I got to go be cabin Carol for a year because I'm not trust. I can't trust myself to love people because when I love them too much, I do crazy shit. Like. You gotta, there's gotta be a synthesis of those into some kind of integrated, healthy person. Because I don't want this, this kind of energy going on into the, the spinoff. No fucking thank you. No, no, no. Like if, Mor- if Morgan went off to fear the walking dead, to, 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 to ponder the, the fucking philosophy of the stick for two more seasons. <laughs> no, I didn't. So like, yeah, they need to settle this for sure. Agreed. Uh, but they got a lot of work to do to get us there. All right, that's it for the episode. Uh, do we have some feedback to do? Yeah, we do. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback, do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com, and uh, we will consider your feedback. Uh, first up was Ando, who sent us a message saying, was so hoping the mask would come off to reveal it was Heath all along, oh, having God. mastered the art of the key card. Uh, <laughs> keep up the great work. <laughs> I will confess that there was a split second where that mask was going up, and I saw it was a black man. And there was a, the like um, the word Heath flashed in my mind, and then the mask kept coming out. That's not Heath, but like I was like, 
you're like my body was jacked with adrenaline, like flight or fight response that like they're bringing heat in the fucking car and in and, and the final, like the lead up to the final season. But no, no. Why at this point? You know what I want? I want Heath to come back as like a, he, he's been roaming the countryside collecting key cards and now he's a gambit style uh, badass where he's just <laughs> throwing key cards at people, explosive key cards for some reason. Or he could be like the key master from like uh, uh, the Matrix too, yeah. where he just guys like just like a, a hundred of these things all over, and he's just like opening doors left, right, and center where they need it. <laughs> yeah, he's like the shady Quick watch re- dealer on on in yeah. Times Square who comes up to you. Hey, you want to buy a Rolex? Eighty. He's bucks. got access. He's got access, man. Um, <laughs> God. All right, let's move move along to Dan, who says. A lot of the same things that we were saying. I don't understand the geography of this episode. How is it that Daryl could be so close to this woman in the cabin for years and not know it's there? It seems that Dog and Daryl can travel back and forth in less than a day's time, much less than a day's time. Mm-hmm. Like, how long was she menaced by that zombie in her cabin with a shotgun? Like, however you, long you think that's plausible, that's the maximum he could have li- li- lived away from her. Yeah, eight minutes. Uh, sure. Yeah, surely he's either hunted or scouted for miles around this camp, right? Mm-hmm. Unless I mean, he's just doing a river-based search, which would be plausible. Like, if he's just searching the river, nothing else. But then why does it take him five years the, to search the banks of this river? That's the thing. Like, if that, that map he pinned up was, like, of all of, like, the Carolinas and Virginias, and he's plotted, like, title charts and, like, explored islands, and, like, this is, like, a multi-state search area, fine. But there's no fucking way that this man cannot explore 100 percent of this river as depicted on the map mm-hmm. in a five year time. But like I also like people like, well, that's not the point, Aaron. The point is he's traumatized by the loss of his brother and he can't face him because there's a shame and there's his guilt. And so, OK, fine. But like just just have him be like Carol Cabin Camp Camp Daryl. He's not out there saying he's searching for dare. He just doesn't want to come back. He's non-commit. I don't, I don't know. I just felt or have like him there's better ways to tell of the miles of, of riverfront while he's pondering that. Right. Like I, you created this artificial story of this woman in a cabin, have her go with him or something on this journey. Like don't, don't have them stay in one location. Cause that's stupid. The problem is, this is a, this is a suburb of Washington D.C. canonically, so like it can't. There's there the river flows to the ocean, like there can't be hundreds of miles of river to explore. Um, yes, yeah. the geography just doesn't that. work that way. You don't. You just you tell a different story. You just have a bottle episode of Carol and like, I mean. Not to put too fine a point on it, but I watched the Breaking Bad shove two men into an underground box and they had but one deep seated emotional issue to to talk about mm-hmm. and the tension of watching them talk around that. And like uh, like the other it, like that made one of the most electrifying hours of television I've ever seen. You don't need to gussy up Daryl and Carol going off and fucking burying the hatchet or putting the hatchet in each other's skulls. If they're really dug in about it, mm-hmm. like the tension, like we know, we all knew that they needed to talk to this, like their, their attempts at humor. And like, Oh, like it'd have been fun to be like, you know, them setting out like, Oh, it's just you and me again. And we don't have anything to worry about. And we're just here hunting. And then like, you know, you hit problems and little frictions and hurt feelings. And 
and and the in the episode ends the same way. It just doesn't have all this weird, faky bushcraft bullshit that he's been doing for five years. And I also mm-hmm. think it's kind of lazy to make it to where like Daryl had to have the opposite and inverse and arguably worse situation than Carol, where Carol was the healthy one for him to understand what she's going through. Um, but yeah, it's a COVID episode. What are you gonna do? I I really hope because yeah. honestly, these first two have been. The first one is okay. I had problems with the second one was I had a lot more problems with. I, I hope that they smooth out because again, I had heard from multiple people that these were pretty good. These were treats. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of liked, you know, the things that they were going for in this episode. I just don't think they got there. <laughs> like they, they didn't yeah. have the writing. They didn't have the acting to get that done. Um, but I, I think thematically like the parallels were, were good. I, I didn't have any problems with those. Mm. And then obviously the yeah, scene maybe. at the end is very good. That's a tough one to always answer. Like if they did this better, would yeah. I have liked it? Because I think almost so. always the case is yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you were all aware of situations that wouldn't work if it wasn't done with like superb cast and superb writing. But it's hard to, to prove the yeah. converse. Like, well, if this was just a level acting and writing, maybe it would have worked. <laughs> right. Um, I can't imagine B level acting pulling off what like Anthony Hopkins does in season one of Westworld, you know, like that doesn't land if you don't have an actor of that caliber. So yeah, they just didn't quite get there. Um, but I admired what they were trying to do and it would have been good. Yeah. Dan says, PS, I missed the expanse. Uh, us too. Speaking of final seasons, uh, that should be coming out towards the end of this year. Uh, And if you weren't aware of it, uh, We've got pretty full coverage of that. I think we're spotty the first couple seasons, but uh, we've got mm-hmm. uh, several full seasons worth of coverage, and the last two uh, we have uh, taken care of. So look forward to doing that this year. That's on uh, Beltaloda if you're looking for the podcast to, to check out. And yeah, if you're also looking for a good uh, prestige uh, science fiction show, that's the one that is the. I mean, maybe maybe we get all excited and hyped for Foundation and Lord of the Rings and the uh, House of Dragons, all that. But right now, the Expanse is going on, and not nearly enough people are fucking watching it. It's Game it's of Thrones in space. It's awesome. Um. Yeah. All right. They that's finally got, got that merch uh, deal, though. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Only yeah, five for years last season. Late. We'll get the we'll get, we'll get the floodgates of like decent fucking uh, uh the Expanse merch. Right. Uh, if you would like to talk about the expanse, send that in to <laughs> beltaloda at baldmove.com. But if you like to talk about the watching dead, you can send that to uh, watching dead at baldmove.com and uh, we will consider your topics for inclusion to the podcast. We'll be back next week with the third of these bonus episodes. We are almost halfway through the bonus episodes, we're getting dangerously close to being caught up to the walking dead and being ready for current season. Yeah, uh, I'm getting pretty excited to see like to, to watch Walking Dead with fresh eyes with the rest of the world again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming real soon. We'll be we'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>